1: Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sia Najad, and it's just me today. It is a solo pod. No Mike McClure. He will be with us on Thursday for our game-by-game preview, so everybody just know that going in. But listen, today we're going to do the same thing. It's just going to be with one person instead of two. We are going to recap our Week 4 lineups, and we're going to do one of my favorite things of the week, to be honest with you. It's the same thing with me in PGA. I love seeing pricing right when it comes out and just pontificating about how I might like to construct my lineups. That's what we're going to do with our early look. We do it every week. We talk about the guys I like, talk about the guys we like from a value standpoint, the chalk that we anticipate, all of those things, certainly the stacks and the bringbacks, all of those things. So first we're going to do a lineup recap, and then we're going to do our early look for those of you that are new to this show. Um, For the record, if you are new to the show, you probably haven't heard me say, hey, go ahead and please hit the like button on YouTube because you're watching us on YouTube. You may as well hit the like button. And if you have any questions or comments, um, I'd I'd like to limit them to just the DFS oriented ones. So those of you in the chat, I know sometimes you have redraft questions and sometimes I'm willing to answer those depending on the timing of things, but I do want this to be a quick hitter show and I don't wanna get too bogged down in redraft questions. So those of you that are already in the chat, I see you thank you very much for watching. Please hit the like button. And oh, by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to this channel, do that. And if you haven't already reviewed our podcast, FFTDFS, please go to Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you consume this and please um, hit that. I do want to congratulate JP Guerrero. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, who actually took our FFTDFS DFS contest down with an incredible lineup that we're actually going to look at very, very soon. But let's get started with my cash lineup we're going to bring that up right now this is what was actually a loser and it was a loser for a very obvious reason that you guys will find out i did very well in my tournament lineups i did not do very well in my cash game lineup so um we're actually going to look at mike's uh tournament lineup as well and we're going to look at the fft dfs winning lineup so if we can bring up my cash lineup which scored a paltry 118.32 um as you can see here I went with Josh Allen. Certainly very chalky there. No problem in a cash game. Certainly anticipated a better output from him. Saquon, another chalky play. Khalil Herbert, another chalky play. You might notice, though, in my flex, I have Rashad Penny, who who ended up being great. But you'll also notice I don't have any Detroit Lions in my lineup. And I don't have any Seahawks either other than the Seattle defense, which I thought was a pretty crafty play because there were so many injuries on the Detroit end that I just assumed it would be kind of a slower pace dictated by the Seattle Seahawks, maybe a lower scoring game than people anticipate. I had Penny with, uh, correlated with the Seattle Seahawks. Didn't work out. But the biggest problem in my lineup, as you can see, is I correlated Josh Allen with Mark Andrews. As much as I wanted to correlate him with Stefan Diggs, with a Mark Andrews or Rashad Bateman bring back, it wasn't practical from a uh, from a pricing standpoint. So Mark Andrews completely flopped. You know, one of the few times I actually ended up paying for tight end, paying up for tight end in my cash game, absolutely didn't work out. Mac Collins, DJ Moore, those didn't really work out for me. So long story short, I ended up hitting on Rashad Penny. I did okay with Josh Allen, Saquon Barkley, but what I really needed here was TJ Hawkinson, maybe a chalky Jamal Williams, who I had pivoted off of in cash games, which was a mistake. Um, but also pivoted off him in GPPs, which I don't really consider a mistake, frankly, but it certainly didn't work out to my benefit. So this was my cash lineup. For those of you listening, I probably should have recapped it. The names, Josh Allen, Saquon Barkley, Khalil Herbert, Mac Collins, DJ Moore, Richie James Jr., Mark Andrews, Rashad Penny, Seattle Seahawks. I obviously didn't mind playing Richie James in my cash lineups, but that certainly didn't work. I think a pivot to maybe a George Pickens or just Really, anybody else in that range would have done better than Richie James, who really didn't see the field much. He ran, I don't know, 11 or 12 routes, just you know, nine yards on one reception, also fumbled the ball, just not a good look for Richie James at all. So uh, that's my cash lineup. But let's look at my GPP lineup, which is a little bit more exciting, to be honest with you. Um, this lineup put up 187.90 points. And frankly, if I had constructed it just a touch differently, I think this lineup would have... Been truly incredible. So 187.90, not, not anything to balk at here. Um, I had Justin Herbert with Austin Eckler. So let me explain this. This wasn't my preferred stack in GPPs. As you remember from the cheat sheet, I believe it was Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. But I really started to like Herbert and Eckler as I as I noticed that it looked like Herbert was healthy and it looked like Austin Eckler wasn't getting a ton of ownership. So I thought that was a great pivot um, against the Houston Texans defense for obvious reasons. We know how much you can expose that defense. So I ended up having that Herbert-Eckler stack. For those of you that don't think stacking a quarterback with a running back is properly correlated, that's not really the case, especially with a pass-catching running back like Eckler. Um, Frankly, I owned all the points in this game. So it was either going to be Herbert through the air to another receiver, which I'd get the points for in in a high implied total for the Chargers, or or, or Eckler running it in, Uh, best-case scenario, Herbert. Uh, passes it to Eckler, and I get the um, all the points there. Rashad Penny was in a lot of my lineups, if not all of them, to be honest with you. Um, we talked about him a lot on Tuesday, Thursday. The, the, the fact is, at 4,900, he just had tremendous values. He was seeing about 70% of the carries, about 70% of the snap share against a Detroit defense that was allowing a lot through the air, but also through the run. So absolutely love that. CeeDee Lamb uh, could have been a little bit better, but we we certainly like that play. I know Mike McClure was big on that. I decided to you know, hyper-correlate this lineup with Josh Palmer, uh, an inexpensive Josh Palmer, because Keenan Allen was out. We went over that on the Thursday show. That didn't work out, but I don't mind the play there. Richie James, you see that there. I probably should have pivoted away. If I had pivoted away from Richie James to, well, let's say George Pickens, for example, that certainly would have worked out. What ended up saving me uh, and really kind of getting me towards you know, the top was TJ Hawkinson. Um, Not somebody I was really planning on playing. And frankly, I didn't play a ton of him. But given all the weapons that were out for Detroit, I did think it was probably the time to play Hawkinson. My lineups were TJ Hawkinson and Njoku at tight end. That was pretty much all I was playing. I love Njoku's upside. So I played more of him than Hawkinson. But Uh, I thought both of them worked out just fine. Obviously, Hawkinson had a tremendous game. And then, of course, Saquon Barkley at the flex position and the Seattle defense, which I played a lot, especially knowing that the Detroit Lions had so many injuries. Um, Pretty much a no brainer for me there. So I didn't have a run back. And again, you do not need to force a run back in these games, especially the way the games have gone this year. Uh, You know, and we'll look at it when we look at our early look. There are in week five, there are a lot of high implied totals for teams like the tampa bay buccaneers for example that you may not want to force a run back with tampa playing atlanta you just it just may not be there for you again the you know the, the kyle pitts thing like it, that thing's not working out we've never recommended kyle pitts but i know a lot of people do that, that that's just not working out it's not the type of air attack that pitts is going to excel with and um obviously drake london is a good play there and, and some of the second tier running backs uh might be in play there as well but we'll get to that but again you don't need to force a run back if you don't like a run back as much as I wanted to correlate that with a Houston Texans player just wasn't in play for me and and it, it ended up being maybe I could have played Damian Pierce but in a negative game script I you know you're looking at Rex Burkhead more than you're, you are Damian Pierce at least in theory that's what you're looking at so um, no issue with no run back there but Pretty satisfied with this lineup. I'm very disappointed in myself that I ended up playing Richie James, to be honest with you. I could have absolutely and should have gotten off of him in GPPs, not so much cash. The Josh Palmer thing, it just didn't work out. He, he's he been looking kind of lost in a starter role uh, all season, to be honest with you, in my opinion. So, all right, let's move on to Mike's GPP lineup. And then we're actually going to show you uh, Mike's showdown lineup for Monday Night Football. He actually um, uh, ended up in first place with about 200 other people for that Millie Maker. So, If you are a subscriber to Sportsline, you would have seen that showdown lineup. Uh, I think he has all his sort of plays out there, and it's something that you can look at um, if you are a member of Sportsline. So look into that, because Mike puts a lot of DFS output on Sportsline as well as this show, obviously. But this is Mike's GPP lineup. He told you all week that he was playing Geno Smith, and he did not waffle at all. I didn't play any Geno Smith. I got away from this game for the reasons I stated earlier, but... Geno Smith um, was, was certainly the play. Oh, you know what? That was, was that the wrong lineup? Let's look at Mike's GPP lineup that scored 161.52. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So Geno Smith, that was in a different lineup that we actually weren't going to show. It was another tournament lineup that did really well for him. He had a nice week, but um, he had Derek Carr, um, who was a little underwhelming at quarterback. He had Jamal Williams who, you know, good chalk there, 34.6%. A guy I faded trying to get away from the narrative of this game. It didn't work out for me. Khalil Herbert, for those of you that regret playing Khalil Herbert, just know that he really did get pretty much all the work. Ebner came in here and there, but Khalil Herbert really was the guy the majority of this game. He just wasn't nearly as efficient as the game before, but it it was the proper place certainly in cash. I'm I'm not so sure in tournaments given his popularity, but uh, I ended up playing a lot of Khalil Herbert as well, and it obviously didn't work out. Cortland Sutton, You know, marginal game. Matt Collins, not a good game. Tyler Lockett, TJ Hawkinson clearly saved this lineup with Jamal Williams. Devontae Adams, you know, no fire emoji there, but a a pretty decent game for Devontae Adams and the Cowboys defense. So you can see here, this lineup got there. These tournament lineups can get there for you with two guys going off. I mean, you see how much he won here. I mean, this is. A very good lineup with a lot of average performances, other than the guy the Detroit guys he forced in there. When a guy like TJ Hawkinson has two receiving touchdowns, 179 yards and eight receptions, and, and you know, obviously hits the hundred-yard bonus. Um, you're gonna do okay. And then when you pair that with Jamal Williams, you're gonna do even better. I mean, I think obviously DK Metcalf probably would have worked out a little bit better than than uh, Tyler Lockett here, but I like this lineup, I like how it's correlated. You know, he, he double stacked Derek Carr with Mac Collins and Devontae Adams. I have no issue continuing to chase the Mac Collins points there. He almost caught a touchdown. One of his feet was out of bounds and that's just the way that goes. But, uh, I like this lineup quite a bit and it paid off and he played a lot of the guys he talked about. He was that he was going to play on uh, namely Cortland Sutton. I know he was very big on it. and Devontae Adams. He was very big on, it. and of course, uh, Jamal Williams. So, um, very nice lineup there. I know a lot of his other lineups did have Geno Smith, um, we were privately texting and shared a lot of thoughts on Gino Smith as the games were going. And I was just lamenting my plight because I decided that I would take a stance against Gino Smith. And that's just kind of the way it goes, but okay. Before we get to the FFT DFS winner and before we get to the early look, let's take a quick look. We don't do a lot of showdown stuff. I figured why not? Since Mike had a share of first place, let's bring up Mike's uh, Monday night football showdown lineup. And again, further proof that Sportsline is is a really great product. He has a lot of this DFS information on Sportsline, along with just amazing people like Mike has content on there. Larry Harstein, Jacob Gibbs, uh, a lot of these guys uh, that you see in the sports betting and DFS world uh, are on Sportsline. They have their their stuff, uh, betting stuff, DFS stuff on Sportsline. So definitely give them a shot, check them out, but. Obviously, this is an impressive lineup. It it, it won $5,600. Again, it tied for first in in that big Millie Maker contest with uh, hundreds of people. But nonetheless, $5,600. I think it was a $150 investment from Mike, if memory serves. Uh, Pretty good return on your investment. He had Cooper Cup in the captain, a pretty obvious captain, right? For me, I I did a few single-entry DFS lineups. I had Cup in a captain in one of them. I had a lot of Debo just because of how I thought that game was going to go. I thought Debo would get... Uh, a lot of work, which he ended up getting a lot of work, but Cup just, you know, did the whole Cooper Cup thing. So he yeah, had Debo Samuel in his flex after Cup in the captain. Jeff Wilson Jr. makes a ton of sense in the flex. Tyler Higby, That one made a lot of sense because the thing about the, the Rams, if you had noticed, they're not throwing the ball downfield. Stafford just doesn't have the time. They also don't have a field stretcher because Odell Beckham's not on that team anymore and Van Jefferson is still very hampered. So while that is, uh, well, not hampered, injured. Um, so while that's happening, those short area targets to guys like Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, those are the very reliable targets. And again, this is PPR, right? You're, most of you are playing DraftKings. If you're playing FanDuel, it's a half a point. So either way you slice it, it is really important to get those receptions. And that's exactly what Tyler Higby did. 10 receptions on 73 yards, that's going to get you there. And frankly, he certainly had touchdown upside. I think he had at least one or two uh, red zone targets. So uh, 49ers defense made a lot of sense with Matt Stafford just being a turnover machine so far this year, and frankly, last year as well. And then Mike always preaches in showdown, the kickers have value. The casual players don't want to play kickers because they're not as exciting. They don't have the ceiling that you want from some of these other guys. But when you get down to this range of, 4,000, 3,000, 2,000, you're now in a range where you're not really getting a reliable floor. And so sometimes kickers can have a reliable floor, and that's exactly what happened here. Matt Gay with three field goals um, kind of cashing in this lineup ultimately with 5,600. So uh, I like this lineup a lot. Uh, we, we try to do a little bit on show, uh, on Showdown on, on our live show on Thursday. And I usually end the show with a couple thoughts from Mike after our game-by-game preview. And so we'll do that again for this Thursday game uh, for a couple reasons. One, because I think people want to hear it. And two, there's so much going on at the running back position in that game in particular. So uh, with the injury news and not really having a great idea right now who's going to get the lion's share of the carries uh, at the running back position or in this game in general, this Thursday night game. Uh, we'll definitely touch on that for you, so you can make your lineups. Again, that's a live show, so you can watch us live while you're making your showdown lineups. But again, that Thursday, that Thursday show was really uh, the game by game preview. That's what you should should be arriving for there. So, all right, that's the showdown lineup. Now, let's finally get to the FFT DFS contest winning lineup. Uh, shout out to JP Guerrero who put up two hundred and sixteen point two zero points. um, Huge point total. I suspect, I haven't looked at this lineup yet. I suspect he has a lot of lines in this lineup. Um, And as I'm looking at my show notes, Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett. So that's a good start. Uh, Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson on the other side. So this is perfect in a game where you think the score is going to get accelerated. It's going to, you know, this, listen, the Detroit Lions were scoring 31 points a game and they were allowing Almost 32 points a game going into this week. Now, yes, they did have injuries, and that's part of the reason I ended up fading this game in large part. I played a little bit of Hawkinson, but anytime you have a team giving up that many points and scoring that many points, you don't just want to have a quarterback with a, a pass catcher and one bring back necessarily. You know, you want to you want to feel comfortable if you think you're right about the game. Put in multiple pieces in that game, especially in tournaments. Maybe not so much in cash, but especially in tournaments, you want to make sure that you have stacks on both sides of the ball. So here we have Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett. You know, Tyler Lockett wasn't great, but fortunately, JP has uh, Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson, who, like we talked about, blew it completely out of the water. He has a complete dud in Deontay Johnson, who should have gotten, you know, well beyond two receptions. So, I mean, I don't mind the Deontay Johnson play there. Obviously, if he had opted for George Pickens this lineup would even would have even been more deadly and it would have allowed him to maybe come up from Brandon cooks who had a fine game. So the lineup is Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley, Jamal Williams, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Brandon cooks, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs and the giants defense. I mean, we need to have a talk about Josh Jacobs. I mean, we do right. So in the preseason we had our offseason series and one of the guys that we talked about a little bit was Josh Jacobs cuz you weren't really sure what was going to happen you know they drafted Zamir White at the time they had um they had Kenyon Drake and we weren't really sure what Jacobs was going to do or what the Raiders were going to do with Jacobs but we also knew that he he didn't, they didn't pick up his fifth year option and that you know history kind of tells us in that case you, you kind of run that running back into the ground a little bit. And for the record, maybe that's not what they're doing. Maybe he's just the more talented back. But there was a a theory that Josh Jacobs was going to get a ton a ton of work. So it's really worked out for anybody who rostered Josh Jacobs in redraft or who, who have played him over in DFS because this isn't his only great week. And I suspect he has a lot of great weeks coming up. Remember, the Raiders didn't pick up his fifth-year option. It is a contract year for Josh Jacobs, and he's a pretty talented running back, by the way. So – I think he has a lot of room to eat, especially in this AFC West, which from a run defense standpoint may be a little softer than than people suspected. Uh, Not that I suspected they'd have great run defenses, but I think he's going to be able to catch some passes and he's going to get a ton of carries. So he did have 31 receiving yards, two rushing touchdowns, 144 rushing yards. So he's picking up that 100-yard bonus as well. And five receptions is just perfect for a running back like this. So Josh Jacobs, I think was the key to this lineup in terms of actually winning the FFT DFS contest. Obviously with Geno Smith, Jamal Williams and Hawkinson, you were going to get really far in this contest. But I think the kicker here, obviously the Giants D is great. That that was a great defense to roster at 3,100, but it's that Giants D and Josh Jacobs. What we've noticed is the defenses are, are usually the last sort of thing that's going to win this FFT DFS contest. I don't think we've had a contest winner that's had a dud at the defensive position. So these defenses that are in that sort of 2,500 to 3,100 price range, those defenses have really, really paid off. We have a couple this week too, that I think are going to be adequate, but great lineup from JP Guerrero. Um, By the way, our contest is live. As we speak, you can register for the contest right now. And uh, it's the the link is always I I always get some DMS. Some people have trouble with the link. If you do, you know, let me know. Go ahead and uh, direct message me. But good news here, like you can find the link. And and I think it works for like 99% of the people. Um, The YouTube description, the link is there. The podcast description on Apple. um, It's right there for you to click and, and register for the contest. We've been filling it up pretty fast. So it's 200 deep. It usually gets filled by Friday. So I encourage everybody who's listening to this now or watching this now, please go ahead and uh, register. It's five bucks. Top 20 get paid out. Uh, Super fun tournament. I love seeing these new names. I actually have been starting to look at like the top 10, top 15, top 20. And I've noticed some familiar names in there that are that there's some overlap, some people doing really well in this tournament. uh, And I encourage all of you to play in it. So we're going to get to our early look now, and we're going to have the the DraftKings board up at QB, at wide receiver, at running back, at tight end. We're going to do all of that. We're going to take our early look. It's kind of like the most exciting part of the week for me, to be perfectly honest with you. But first, we are going to hear a message from our partners.
0: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash cbssports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey,
2: everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to vioricom sports and discover the
1: versatility of Viore clothing. And we are back. This is FFTDFS. This is Sia I'm doing a solo pod. We just did our week four recap. Now we're going to dive into our early look, our week five early look. Again, if you're late to joining this podcast, shame on you. We'll be here 530 next week as well. But I do encourage you to hit the like button. Please go ahead and review this podcast on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, um wherever you get your podcast content. Again, like button and subscribe and review if you can. Let's get to our early look. So, Zach, if you don't mind, let's pull up the quarterbacks and let's let's start there. But before we do that, I do want to mention we do have a 12 game slate. There is a London game, again, that's not going to affect the main slate, obviously. It's going to be 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, just like last week. So for you redraft people, don't forget about that. Make sure you set your lineups Friday night to the extent you have uh, players in that game. Now, in terms of the higher scoring totals, I just, you know, I sort of arbitrarily pick a number that I think fits the slate. So I looked at games that had a, a total of 47 or above. Not that the other games below that are are not playable. I'm just, I just want to get out there. Like these are the kind of the higher scoring affairs. So we have the Steelers at the Bills. That's a 47 point total. Mind you, the Steelers are 14 point dogs in that game. Uh, we'll get to that game in a second. Uh, the Falcons are plus eight at the Bucks. That's a 48 and a half point total. The Chargers are minus three at the Browns, a 47 and a half po- uh, total. Um, the Lions are plus two and a half at the Patriots. Um, somehow it's only 46 and a half. I included that one because it's the Lions. And I just think it's intriguing that a, a Lions total, mind you, it's zappy and the Patriots, but um, Lions plus two and a half at the Patriots. I think that will be a game that people will play at 46 and a half. Um, Eagles minus five at the Cardinals. That's a 49 and a half point total. Just looking at this. I think the three most popular games, well, I kind of just said it. I think the four most popular games are going to be Eagles-Cardinals, Chargers-Browns, Falcons-Bucks, Steelers-Bills. I'm trying to figure out what I think the top two are going to be. I think Eagles-Cardinals is going to be one of them. I think second place is probably Falcons at the Bucks, is my guess, with Steelers-Bills being close behind. And perhaps Steelers-Bills being more stackable, because I think the Falcons' pieces Are somewhat of an unknown. But again, we'll get that, we'll get to that on Thursday when we do our game by game preview. Um, highest implied totals. Uh, for those of you that are new to DFS and new to NFL DFS, what do I mean by an implied total? What does Vegas expect these teams to score? So it's really easy to do. You take the total and you take the you take the spread and you can kind of figure out well, what what does Vegas think this team is going to score? What does Vegas think the underdog is going to score? So here we have the bills at 30 and a half. Now again. That's a 14-point spread, so you might think, oh, well, that's not going to be a game that has a back-and-forth. The flip side of that is it's the highest implied total, so you you want to kind of consider that. I think that's going to be more important, ultimately, than whether or not this game has a back-and-forth. The Bucks have a 28.25 implied total, and the Eagles, 26.75. So those are the three highest implied point totals as it stands here on a Tuesday, Um, I'm looking at the questions, which I haven't really looked at yet. I see a redraft question in here. Oh, this is interesting from Rick Herrera. Should I drop Garrett Wilson for George Pickens? No, you should pick up George Pickens and you should keep Garrett Wilson. There's got Rick. There has got, I don't know how short your benches are. There's gotta be a way to keep both. Garrett Wilson has some superstar potential. The the type of superstar potential that we thought Elijah Moore was going to flash yet again this year. I think Garrett Wilson has that too, and they might eat off each other's plate a little bit, but I just I, I don't think you can drop Garrett Wilson. Uh, George Pickens is very exciting, uh, particularly, and we're going to get to him from a DFS standpoint in a second because I think he's going to be the very, very, very obvious bring back because of the value in that Bills game, uh, so much so that I think he's going to be way more popular than, than some of you might think. But uh, I like George Pickens a lot. I really like him with Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett, you know, not that this should be a surprise to anybody, but when he came in, he threw the ball down the field, as in threw the ball down the field. And and Pickens is that guy to to be catching those those long balls, among others. But but Pickens really is the guy that's going to have a great A dot, and I think Pickett's going to be targeting him quite a bit. So try to find a way to to, to handle both of those guys uh, if you can. Uh, let's see, Michael Pace went the Geno Smith route and put up a one ninety four point four. But got almost nothing from T. Brooks as a cheap wide receiver. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, well, Traylon Brooks got injured in that game, so that that might have had something to do with it. But we know Traylon Brooks's targets, Michael, are they're not solid. Like the thing with Traylon Brooks, I don't mind it in GPPs, but you have to understand in GPPs when you're playing a guy like that that the floor is pretty low especially in this Tennessee offense where you're not really sure what you're going to get from the passing game. I think this Tennessee game is actually kind of interesting, um, especially once we start to hear how the injuries are shaping up. So uh, let's keep an eye on that Washington-Tennessee game. That, that game is at Washington. I think that one is interesting both on both sides of the ball I think Washington for once is actually going to be able to move the ball because of a lack of a pass rush from the Titans, at least a lack of a pass rush relative to the last two weeks of what Washington has faced, and that would be, of course, Dallas and Philly, two ferocious uh, defensive lines and pass rushes. Artsium, trade away Jonathan Taylor, question mark. I mean, boy, I'm going to need more information there, guy. But uh, don't panic on him. We don't know if it's a high ankle sprain yet. He, uh, they did a walkthrough today because they're the Thursday night game. I don't expect him to play Thursday. I don't think anybody does. But if it's not a high ankle sprain, which again we don't know yet, uh, he might only be out a couple weeks, and then Jonathan Taylor can ramp things up. And when when the season starts to get colder, and I think Jonathan Taylor might have some more value. Kind of like that Derrick Henry thing, where Derrick Henry's blowing it out right now. He's doing great, but I think Jonathan Taylor creates more value as this season goes. So I, I, I don't think you should be uh, giving up on him. Michael says, I did play more, such a cheap price. Um, that was a, uh, it will be Tyler Algier. Will that be chalk week from Dave Tarleton? So that's a good question. And we're going to get to that once we go over the running backs, but I think the answer is no. And the reason is because there's two other running backs for him to contend with. And we'll get to that in a second. Cause we're going to, we're going to be on running backs in probably about five minutes. So stay tuned for that. I think Tyler Algier, now he's the rookie out of BYU big, strong, bruising, kind of slow, 4-6-40. I, I think it's fine, but I don't know. See, I think what we have to figure out there is who who's going to be the pass catching back, because that's going to be a, very much a negative game script for Atlanta. And we want the guy who's going to be securing the targets more than anything. I don't know that we're going to have an answer to that by Sunday, to be honest with you. I don't think there is an answer. I think those three running backs are probably going to be rot- rotating through, and we're just going to have to wait and see. But you know, on Thursday, we'll have a much better idea and hopefully we'll be able to pinpoint uh, a, a running back on on those uh, Atlanta Falcons. All right. Should I drop Tua for Pickens? I don't know, Rick, if you should do that, because I don't know how long two is going to be out. I suspect it's going to be a long time. As much as I like Pickens, I mean, you're not starting either of those guys, I hope, because if so, your, your team's in uh, your team's in a little bit of trouble. I don't I don't know that I would pick up Pickens for that. I, I think it's okay. I don't think two is playing anytime within the next four to six weeks. So all right, let's thank you for the questions by the way. For those of you that asked, hopefully I answered your question, please hit the like button and please go um, review the podcast. It literally takes like one second. You, you click on the podcast, you scroll down, you hit five stars, you make a comment if you want. you don't have to. Totally up to you there, but it it might take somewhere between one and one and a half seconds. So, so please go do that uh, for the FFT DFS show. All right. quarterbacks. Well, here we are at the top with uh, familiar names. Uh, Lamar Jackson isn't on this list because he's not on the main slate. But last week, these these top two quarterbacks were at the top before as well. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen is 8,200. Jalen Hurts is 8,100. So listen, you know, Josh Allen, uh, I'm gl- Zach, I'm glad you clicked on the game log. He didn't have a great game last week, but he still scored a decent amount of fantasy points. I think that tells you what Josh Allen's floor is to be honest with you bad weather just a bad just a bad game overall for the bills up until you know the beginning of i don't know the third quarter or so but if this is his floor just imagine what this guy's ceiling is ceiling is and you have a 30 and a half point total it's the highest implied total by a lot by the way it's not like the margins are like 1 point it's it's the highest implied total by more than a couple points at home versus pittsburgh you know the bills haven't had any easy games over the last couple of weeks i think this is going to be one where they sort of stamp, put their stamp back onto the AFC in terms of being the kings of the AFC, which I think we all kind of know they are. I think they're going to have an easy time with Pittsburgh ultimately. And I think the ceiling for Josh Allen, even in a blowout, even if Josh Allen sits the last six minutes of this game, it would not shock me if if he already at that point has four touchdowns, 60 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So I, I absolutely love Josh Allen. I love this game a lot. I love there, there's a couple bring back options, Najee Harris, George Pickens in particular, that, that I absolutely love in this contest. So um, Zach, go back to the um, just the, the list of quarterbacks. And thank you for clicking on the game log there. I think for those of you that are watching, um, I, I think it, this show is really good because it's it's one thing to just hear my voice the whole time, but to be able to actually see what they've been doing over the last few games I think that's, you know, most of you might know that, but some of you don't, especially some of these lower tier guys that aren't named Josh Allen. So if you're watching us, I think some of this game log stuff certainly helps. And of course, when we do our game by game preview, a lot of times we'll share some more defining statistics or statistics you'd want to know, um, you know, with respect to target share, red zone target share, things of that nature um, that we'd like to share with everybody. All right, so Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia at Arizona. I like Jalen Hurts a lot too. And I think Jalen Hurts, at Arizona is a smash play. I don't really like Kyler Murray much in any game, to be honest with you. I think Kyler Murray can go sort of missing in action when it comes to... Really, any game, and I think Philly's probably going to stomp the Arizona Cardinals. I've I've been betting Philly like the last two weeks very much successfully. I've been betting against Arizona. I didn't bet I didn't bet them last week, but I bet against them when they played the Rams. That felt like an easy cover to me, and it turned out to be. So I do like Jalen Hurts quite a bit. Those are the two guys at the top. Zach, go back to the. We I think for the quarterbacks we don't need to go to the game log too much. Let's just scan the ranges for the most part. So below the eighty two hundred mark. So I okay. So let's put it this way. I'm going to be playing Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. I will be playing more Josh Allen than Jalen Hurts. The one qualifier there is let's monitor the weather. We had some issues with the hurricane and with the weather on the East Coast, so let's monitor from here on out. Let's monitor the weather in Buffalo. Very easy to monitor the weather. I do a twelve o'clock show on the Early Edge with with a few other familiar names to everybody that's that that's watching and listening. And and we talk about the weather. So if, if you're if you're stuck and you, you can't go online and, and you don't know how to check the weather, a lot of times we're talking about that. That's more of a betting show than a DFS show. And it's a prop show as well. Free show, early edge, um, just YouTube, early edge. And uh, we'll, we'll be on there at noon. But a lot of times we talk about the weather. And, and if it's a problem, maybe you can shift some of your lineups if you're not already caught up to the news. But Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts at the top. I'll be playing both. Kyler Murray, I'm just not interested in, to be honest with you. I think the price is fine. I think you can play Kyler Murray. I like what he did with uh, Marquise Brown quite a bit, but I just think Kyler Murray can really go MIA. I would rather pay down or pay up for Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. As we scan the 7K range, I love Justin Herbert again. This Cleveland defense, they, they, they're just not very good. And Justin Herbert appears to be healthy. As you saw with my GPP stack, I had Herbert to Austin Eckler. It worked out really well. We'll see if Keenan is back, even if he's not. I think Mike Williams is very much in play against this Cleveland defense. I think Eckler is in play. Maybe Josh Palmer, certainly Gerald Ebert, especially if uh, we have uh, Keenan Allen out. So I like Justin Herbert quite a bit. As we scroll down, the 6K range, I'm really not interested in anybody. So I'm not going to waste anybody's time. We'll get to them on the on the game-by-game preview on Thursday. I think Jared Goff is always going to be interesting. Keep in mind that game's at New England. He might still be without Amon Rouse-St. Brown, so we kind of have to monitor that situation, but I don't think I'm going to be ending up playing Jared Goff this week. I do think Carson Wentz is at least interesting against the Tennessee defense. Washington gets to come home after two just really bad matchups for them. I do think Carson Wentz, now keep in mind Jahan Dotson's not going to be playing in this game. He has a hamstring injury, but I think he's going to be able to find Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, who Snapshare continues and the production continues to go up. And of course, Curtis Samuel. I think they're in play. Now, do I really want to stack this game? You know, probably not. But at 5,700, I think I could do worse. Like a, a Wentz to Samuel stack and just kind of hope for the best. Man, we've seen Wentz put up a big game. We saw it in week one against Jacksonville. They're at home. Tennessee doesn't have great, a great pass rush. They don't have a great secondary. I see a scenario where. Went to Samuel is contrarian, and then you can stack up some big pieces in some other games. Not something I'm hyper-interested in. I'd rather probably pay down for Trevor Lawrence at 5,600. Jacksonville at home, we saw what Justin Herbert did to uh, Houston. And for the record, we saw what Jacksonville did to the Chargers. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say those are equivalent things, but Jacksonville gets to get right at home against Houston. Trevor Lawrence looks the part right now. I don't know if he is the part, but he certainly looks the part right now. So I think... 5,600 is definitely a bargain for Trevor Lawrence. So as far as these kind of lower end quarterbacks, um, Khalil Herbert, uh, uh, Khalil Herbert, um, Trevor Lawrence at 5,600 makes sense. Can you scroll back up though? There is one quarterback I forgot. And I swear you guys are probably yelling at me in the chat because there's a really (laughs) obvious quarterback. Go to the 6,000 range, Zach. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, pretty big oversight on my part. You see that guy? Let's see, T. Uh, T. Tom Brady. Yeah, that's him. He gets Atlanta at home. He has his full complement of receivers back. At least that's what it looks like. Godwin. What? I mean, he got. He had a ton of production last game. Uh, Mike Evans is back and is healthy. Uh, I, I think these two guys are going to get peppered. Of course, you got you got some of these other receivers as well. But boy, Tom Brady, six thousand at home against a very very bad Atlanta pass defense. Um, And you can get out of this, Zach. You can go right back. If you're looking, uh, you can see what he's done in his last few games. But I absolutely love um, Tom Brady. He is definitely going to be, if I had to rank my quarterbacks right now, it would probably be Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, then Tom Brady, and then probably Justin Herbert. And then I'm done. And then if I if I need to get cute with a with a lower end quarterback, maybe Trevor Lawrence, but that's more of a silver bullet in a in a big GPP. I absolutely oh, listen. Atlanta, the Atlanta defense, they're allowing teams to score on them at nearly a fifty percent rate, meaning that almost half the possessions against them result in a field goal or a touchdown. Imagine what Tom Brady's gonna gonna do with that. And you know, I feel like Tom Brady has good. As he's been and he's been okay. But he's not had his full complement of receivers, and he hasn't put his stamp on this season yet. I think this is the game for Tom Brady to just absolutely go off. I do not think five touchdowns is out of play here against Atlanta. I really don't. And for the record, Atlanta's not running the ball very well at all. Four nets, yards per carry, not great. It's actually quite bad. It's one of the worst in the league, or the, the Tampa as a whole. It's one of the worst in the league. So. That's not to say they can't run in Atlanta, but I think the easier path is going to be uh, to pass the ball. And I do potentially have a sneaky tight end in this game that I'll get to when we get to our tight ends. But Zach, let's go ahead and shift over to running back. And you'll see, again, it's the obvious names, right? We have Christian McCaffrey at the top. We have Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Those are all in the 8,000 range. Nick Chubb, 8,000. Derrick Henry, 8,200. Christian McCaffrey, 8,500. Now, we've been talking about this with Derrick Henry. And I don't know if people are listening, but... He's kind of like a pass-catching back now, not in the same way, of course, that Christian McCaffrey is or some of these other guys. But Derrick Henry is getting fed targets, and I think Tennessee realizes with their lack of targets through the air that they're going to need to lean on Derrick Henry and scheme him into some passing role, and it's working out quite well for Tennessee. So I think Derrick Henry is a really interesting play in this Washington game. If you were to skinny stack this game, I think Derrick Henry. Like I like Washington in this game. I've been betting against them all year, but. I might actually bet on Washington here, but there's certainly a game script where Derrick Henry runs all over this team. And I think a skinny stack with Derrick Henry and a very reliable, high floor uh, Curtis Samuel makes a lot of sense in that game as, as, as a skinny stack. I do want to point out with Jahan Dotson out, I think Terry McLaurin eats up a little bit more of the target share. Is it enough for me to pay up for Terry McLaurin? Well, we'll see when we get to the receiver section, but probably not for me. Nick Chubb at 8,000 can't really go wrong here. He's an absolute beast. He's been tearing it up every single game. I'm going to have a lot of shares of this game. So Nick Chubb Chubb and Amari Cooper are in play in the same stack with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, or Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, or Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and you know, a couple Browns that like obviously Nick Chubb and Amari aren't affordable at that point, but maybe Amari and, and Njoku or maybe Chubb and Njoku, something like that. I, I'm definitely going to have some tournament stacks that have four to five players in that game because because I do expect it to shoot out. As we get down to the 7,000 range, uh, only a couple guys that really intrigued me in terms of me wanting to actually play them. Obviously, Austin Eckler is in play. Uh, he looked great. He was hyper efficient last game. I don't expect the same efficiency week to week, but Against this Cleveland defense, I do think he can get loose, and I do think Justin Herbert's going to lean on him quite a bit. Uh, If I'm ranking Eckler among McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb, I probably have Eckler first and Derrick Henry second, Nick Chubb a close third. I'm not playing McCaffrey. Um, He's going to get a lot of work, uh, frankly. They're going to need him so badly. They're going to pepper him with targets, I think, against a very uh, stingy San Francisco D, but yeah, I, I, I'm i not paying 8,500 for Christian McCaffrey. So in the, in this top frame, it's going to be probably Eckler for me and a little bit of Chubb and Henry. Uh, as we get down to that lower 7K range, Dalvin Cook definitely in play. You know, you, you kind of have to pick who you're going to go with here against uh, Chicago, Dalvin or Justin Jefferson. That's always kind of the decision there. That's the only pieces I probably want from this game uh, going down to the 6K range. You know, I've been off Leonard Fournette for most of the season. This may be a time to play him if ownership is relatively low, which, frankly, I don't anticipate. But Fournette did get some carries and some work stolen from him uh, by Rashad White. So something to keep in mind. I think that was more because they were kind of getting blown out. So I don't know that I'd lean on that too much. But again, in a blowout, if this ends up being a blowout, maybe Rashad White gets some more work regardless. So not super interested there. Um, Jamal Williams, I think it's fine to go back to him. I'm more interested in the New England runners, uh, namely Ramondre Stevenson in that one. So let's go down to the 5K range because there's not a lot of guys in the 6K range right now that I'm super interested in. Um, Devin Singletary, though, at 6,100, I do think he's interesting. He's getting a lot of work. Um, But again, if that game starts to get out of hand, maybe we see a little bit more Zach Moss. Maybe we see a little bit more James Cook. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, I love. Okay. So New England's home versus Detroit. They got Zappy at quarterback. You can run on Detroit, you can pass on Detroit. The preferred option for New England, of course, is going to be to run the ball. 18 touches last week for Ramondre Steven Stevenson. He's starting to edge out Damon Harris. Now, Damon Harris gets quality touches and he gets a lot of touches. But with this game script, with New England probably running the ball a great majority of the time, and Stevenson probably catching some passes. I think it's tremendous value at 5,500. Other guys in this 5K range that I think are interesting, Brees Hall at 5,400. You know, I don't know that I want to play him against the Miami defense, uh, but I think he's in consideration because he's certainly getting a lot of targets as well. As we scroll down, Rashad Penny, I think he's in play uh, as always, but at New Orleans, not the best matchup for him. As we go down to that low range, I'll, I'll point out Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, and Avery Williams. I think... It's too early to tell who we want to play there. But so let's just wait for the game by game preview with me and Mike. I think we're going to have a much better idea of how that's going to go. And I, you know, it's probably going to be Tyler Algier. But I thought Caleb Huntley looked really good last week, too. So just I'm just pointing that out. I think we were he most stirred at 5,000 is interesting at the New York Jets. But I don't know that I want to go there because Chase Edmonds still technically is in the mix. But You know Miami is going to need to lean on the run a little bit. Mostert could get loose for a long run, so I I don't hate Mostert. Again, we'll have more value at the running back position on that Thursday game-by-game preview. Let's throw up the receivers. So familiar name here. We're going to have Cooper Cup at 9,600, home against Dallas. Uh, Should be a great matchup for him. It's just a matter of whether you can fit him into your lineups. I mean, the guy's just a target machine. Uh, He didn't get loose last game, but I I expect him to find the end zone this week. So I like Cooper Cup. I like Justin Jefferson. Uh, if I had to rate between the two, I'd probably end up playing Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. But I mean, it's a coin flip. I mean, fading Cooper Cup is just silly at this point. So I, I don't mind either of them. I love Stefan Diggs. I mean, he, not only is he the primary target, but he is the primary target in the red zone as well, which I think everybody kind of knows. But the red zone share for, for Stefan Diggs is just great. Like He's just not looking at Gabriel Davis in general very much, even though he's on the field a ton. Isaiah McKenzie gets his. Uh, McKenzie's in the concussion protocol. So keep an eye on that because if he doesn't play, well, guess what? Khalil Shakir is, or Shakur is $3,200. Is it Shakur or Shakir? I think it's Shakir. Anyway, I'm thinking like of Tupac Shakur. So I'm saying Shakur. And if you want to take a Hail Mary and picture yourself rolling with Khalil, uh, I ain't mad at you. 15 people got that joke. Totally worth it. All right. So as we go down uh, below digs, uh, Tyree kill. At the New York Jets. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's interesting. His ownership is probably going to be really interesting because we have a new quarterback. I think Tyreek Hill's going to get peppered with targets regardless. So I absolutely love um Tyreek Hill if uh he is he is low-owned because of the um Teddy Tukulov situation. Uh Debo Samuel, not not super interested there. Amon Ross St. Brown, we got to monitor the injuries. Uh, as we scroll down, I mentioned Mike Williams. At 7,100, uh, I like him. A.J. Brown at Arizona, 7,500. Absolutely love that. Those that, That's probably going to be kind of more my wheelhouse. Instead of paying up for a cup and Justin Jefferson, I'm probably going to be paying up for Diggs and A.J. Brown and Mike Williams. Not in the same lineup. That's going to be too expensive, but I do like all three of those quite a bit. C.D. Lamb I like. I think we should keep an eye on Michael Gallup because he was way more involved than I thought he'd be after his first game. This game is at the Rams. It might not be as easy as we saw for CD um, over the last two games. So I'm not super interested in CD at 7,000. Mike Evans, of course, I'm interested in at 6,900. I'll note that Godwin is 5,900, and he got a ton of uh, production, got 7 of 10 targets for 59 yards in his first game back. It looks like he's healthy, even though at the end of the game, it looked like he was having some issues kind of getting up. It looked like maybe his hip area was an issue for a second, but he ended up finishing the game. He seemed completely fine. So monitor the practice reports on him, but Godwin and Evans in a double stack with Tom Brady, no issue with that whatsoever. And keep in mind how much you're saving on Brady, right? Cause he's 6,000. So yeah, you're paying up for Mike Evans at 6,900, but not really. I mean, Mike Evans at 6,900, would you, would you blink if he was 7,400? Probably not. And then you're also getting Godwin if he's healthy at 5,900. I think the, the two of them could share three touchdowns in a total of 200 yards, like quite easily, to be honest with you. So I, I love that stack, especially because of the discount you're getting on Tom Brady. Don't force the run back if you don't have to. Spoiler alert, you don't have to, not in that game. Okay. So as we get down to the the 6K range, um, Christian Kirk At 6,600. Didn't have a great game last week. I think against Houston, he makes a lot of sense. I think this is potentially a get right spot. Now, he did kind of move to the outside as opposed to the slot. So I think if Zay Jones is back, that's going to benefit him quite a bit. And it's going to benefit our lineups too, because maybe we'll play Zay Jones as well. But monitor that Zay Jones situation for the benefit of Kirk and for the benefit of Zay Jones. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Amari Cooper at 6,000. I do like him. I don't love it, but I do like him uh, against the Chargers, especially in like a if you're just super stacking that game, uh, Devonte Smith. Let's monitor his health. Uh, He got he kind of got banged up. At Six thousand at Arizona. I don't mind him in a Jalen Hurts stack at all. I mentioned Isaiah McKenzie only five thousand. Gabe Davis just isn't getting the look, so we got to monitor Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie uh, in terms of the practice reports. And then here's the big one. Here's the guy that I think is going to be really popular for so many reasons. He's the shiny new toy, right? George Pickens, like. This is a shiny new toy. Like this is the the shiniest of new toys. He's only forty three hundred. He's amazing. We all we already knew he was amazing. Now he has a quarterback that's actually going to feed him downfield and just in general. I, I I think Pickens is going to be heavily targeted, uh, just like he was last game when Kenny Pickett came in. So it's kind of the perfect runback to that to that Bill stack. If you want to get your lineup different, maybe you double stack Josh Allen with like a Shakur or a or an Isaiah McKenzie if he's healthy, or maybe you, you listen, Najee Harris and Pickens as a run back, it makes a ton of sense. All the, all the volume is likely to go, not all Deontay Johnson's still on this team, but most of the volume is, is likely to go through those two guys and Deontay Johnson. Yes, Pat Fryermuth, you can, you can throw him into, I think this game has a really interesting back and forth component. Bill still might cover, but I I think a lot of the shares are going to go to those four guys I just mentioned. So Pickens at 4,300 makes way too much sense. I mentioned Zay Jones at 4,100. I mentioned Khalil Shakir at 3,200. God, I hope it's pronounced Shakur. That would be so much cooler. I actually watched him play college ball a little bit. I, I, I'm disappointed in myself that I don't know. I'm not positive how to pronounce his last name. But anyway, hopefully you guys all got the Tupac reference. Let's really quick hit tight end before we get out of here, and then I'll mention a couple of uh, defenses as well. Uh, the tight end position, there's a few guys that, that interest me here. Let's see. George Kittle. Well, that's not one of them. I'm not really big on George Kittle this week. I mean, obviously, he didn't really get a ton of production, almost had a touchdown pass. But uh, at Carolina, I think San Francisco is going to smash in this game. I don't think they're going to need George Kittle much. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of Jeff Wilson, who I might have neglected to mention on the rundown of running backs. But I certainly think Jeff Wilson is in play at Carolina. That San Francisco defense is in play at Carolina. Uh, I'll tell you, I was on the early edge last night and I had a a big bet uh, against the coach at the coach rules and just in general on San Francisco money line at minus 125. But while I was giving that bet out on our Monday night football preview, again, early edge, uh, it's a show that um, two or three times a day, they they have betting shows on on the early edge. But I mentioned that the look ahead line against Carolina was minus four and a half, which I also liked. And I was telling people to go ahead and take that line now because after this game, after San Fran smashes the Rams, that line's going to go up. Well, guess what? Immediately after the game, it goes up to six and a half. So here we are. Anyway, um, I digress. TJ Hawkinson, I, I'm not going to tell you not to play DJ Hawkinson. I'm also not going to tell you to chase points, but I think TJ Hawkinson may have carved out a nice little role for himself, especially if those injuries persist um, at the receiver position, namely to um, Amon Ross St. Brown. But obviously, he's not the only injured receiver on that team. So I think Hawkinson's fine at 4,900. I think that's great value. Zach Ertz is fine as well. Tyler Higbee's getting so many targets. I don't think that's going to stop until Van Jefferson comes back or until Allen Robinson carves out some sort of role for himself, which I think is happening never. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk to Allen Robinson. It's just, it's just not working out. That team really needs a field stretcher. They all need it. Like Cooper Cup is kind of invincible, but like guys like Allen Robinson need a field stretcher. And, and, news alert, like Ben Skaronik is not that guy. They need Van Jefferson back. They need a guy like Odell Beckham that puts fear into the top end of the defense. So uh, Gerald Everett at 4,200, I love him if uh, if Keenan Allen is out. And Joku, I absolutely love at 3,800. Played a lot of him last week. Irv Smith, I'm probably out on at 3,200. Evan Ingram, 3,100. Don't mind that playing Houston. So the sneaky tight end is Cade Otten. Go down to 2,500 if you would, Zach. Talk about saving some money. Uh, I don't know that I've played a 2,500 guy or had the luxury of playing it. That would really only be at the tight end position. But K Dotton as we, man, we keep scrolling, huh? You might have to type in his name. Like he's somewhere down there, I promise. Wow, Hunter Long. We are seeing, oh, there he is. We are seeing some names here. Okay, so we'll look at the game log. So the reason I'm bringing his name up for the record is Cameron Brait is in concussion protocol. And I don't know if he's playing this week. He might. And if he plays, then just forget we even had this conversation. But Kadon came in. He's a rookie out of Washington. He's 6'4", 245 pounds. And he caught three or four targets for 29 yards. And if that's what his production is going to be next week, well, let's see. I'm doing the, the quick math. He's pretty close to paying off his price. And if he plays a full game, and they drafted this guy for a reason, for the record, they drafted him as the first overall pick. Not in the first round, but the fourth round, that's still pretty good draft capital. So I think... Kate Otten is the next man up. Let's just put it that way. And if, if this is going to be one of those games where Tom Brady's going to rack up four or five touchdowns, which I think is in play against Atlanta's defense, I, I can't I can't tell you that Kate Otten's going to get less production than this. I can tell you that he's probably going to get more. I could see catching four of six for 55 yards, maybe a touchdown. I mean, either way, if he's getting that type of production without the touchdown, you're good to go. It gives you the opportunity to mold your lineup kind of however you want because instead of paying for, a, I don't know, Uh, A 4,900 Hawkinson, you can pay for Otten. Now, let's be real though. Hawkinson's probably going to outproduce Otten by a multiple of three. You have to be willing to take the chance here that Otten's going to get that touchdown, that he's going to get production. So, this is something maybe to monitor as the week moves along. Because if Otten starts getting some press, and it looks like he's a gamer here, um, coming into this game, I think it was the second game where he got game action, catching three out of four for 29. I don't absolutely hate it if you think you need to dip down in this range. So is it a Hail Mary? Uh, Absolutely. It's a Hail Mary. But um, let's look at defenses real quick. There's three I just want to mention. We don't spend a lot of time on this on our our, um, early look, but I think the Jets at 2600, the Commanders at 2700, and Detroit at 2800 are all in play here. Lions play at New England again. That's that's Bailey Zappi. You know, I don't love the Lions in this spot. They're going to get dominated regardless, especially through the running game. But in the event that they somehow take a big lead, they force Zappi to throw. Maybe they they force some turnovers here. Probably not, though. I, I do like the um, uh, Patriots. Are, uh, I mean, the com- I do like the Commanders at 2,700. I think the Jets against Teddy Two Gloves is interesting. Of those three, I think I like the Commanders the best. I think this might be a get-right spot. For not just Carson Wentz, but for this defense as well. Not because I think Tennessee is terrible or anything. I think Tennessee is pretty decent. I think they're the best team in the AFC South. But I just think Washington is going to really get a a rest from the bludgeoning they got the last two weeks against really ferocious defenses. Uh, and and I think uh, it, it might be time for Carson Wentz to put up one of those games. And if that happens, then you potentially force Ryan Tannehill into a throwing game. And frankly, it's not even his fault. He doesn't have any weapons. It's it's the Robert Woods show at this point because Traylon Brooks is heard. There's just there's not much going on unless you get Derrick Henry moving. So um that is our that is our early look. Uh Zach, was there anything? You tell me, man. Was there anything I left out? Or, or are there some questions I need to? Oh, is, oh, I'll look at the questions while you mull my question over here. Um, is the DK contest single entry? Asks Sean Stanger. The answer is yes. It's single entry. So um Definitely, Sean, uh, please join that contest if you can. It fills up pretty fast, but you have have a few days, but you may as well enter it right now. While you're at it, hit the like button and please review the, if you like what you're hearing. Um, And by the way, the Tuesday show, solo pod, it's okay. I'm okay. But that game by game preview on Thursday is like absolutely fundamental. So I'm I'm being a little self-deprecating here. I think this is a good show. I love doing the early look, but I I do want to impress upon you, Sean, if you are new, you can catch us at five o'clock on Thursday. This the, the the Tuesday early look is always 5.30. The game-by-game preview is always going to be five o'clock, at least indefinitely. It's going to be five o'clock. So join that show. Listen to our game-by-game preview. Get some thoughts on Showdown on that Thursday slate. And uh, go ahead and review the podcast if you can. Uh, Rick Herrera, should I drop Etienne for Algier or Boone? I think the press on Boone is a little much right now, to be honest with you. I thought he looked pretty bad. I know they trust him to some degree, uh, but man, he he had a case of the drops. And I understand Melvin Gordon has a case of the fumbles, but I, I, I'm just, I'm I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be in on Boone. You should not drop, you should not drop Travis Etienne for Boone. The, the, the Etienne show has not really gotten off to a good start, but, and, you know, Jamal Agnew stealing what we thought would be Etienne touches last week uh, in terms of those high quality touches, not a, not a real good scene for Etienne fans. And, I, and I'm certainly one of them. Uh, I wouldn't drop Boone for him, and I wouldn't drop Algier for him. Uh, I really wouldn't. I think if you can try to pick up Algier, I think it's a decent pickup. But I wouldn't be dropping Etienne for him. I'd wait for Etienne to have a game, maybe a game or two in a row, and maybe you you trade him away when his stock is high. But he's not. He's certainly not droppable. Hell uh, Mary, I ain't mad at you. Well done um, from Straylo. Uh, 90. So hopefully you caught the picture you roll in part two. One of my favorite uh, Tupac songs. Algier for Tet-tian, Etienne Sure," but not Boone. So Jamie disagrees with me. Um, I'm going stick, to stick by my guns there. Tej Desai. I'm totally butchering that. Hey man, would you trade Aaron Jones and Everett for Dalvin Cook? No. I wouldn't. I love Aaron Jones. I understand he's splitting the backfield, but I I don't trust Dalvin Cook to stay healthy all season, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, I I like Aaron Jones too much. I I, I think Dalvin Cook is great. He's definitely better than Aaron Jones, but I'm having a hard time trusting the health of Dalvin Cook. I know that's a really squirrely way to answer the question because it's a running back. We can't trust any running back to stay healthy, really, including Christian McCaffrey, guys like that, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, guys who we don't think are going to get injured. But I don't know. I, I like I like Everett and Aaron Jones there. I think it's close though. All right, uh, Rick says thanks. Great show. So that's that's probably a good time to end it. We had a DMV story, but I think we're kind of out on time. So we're gonna maybe share the DMV story uh, for the Florida DMV. Me and Zach have some stories for the DMV. Hopefully, one of you was watching because it's it's a tough scene. It is a. I mean, I got I got a license. The strip on the back doesn't work. And oh, by the way, they spelled my name wrong. Not because I wrote it down wrong. I gave them official documents. That's how you get your license renewed. And they still managed to spell my name wrong, which um, doesn't play well at airports, by the way. So thank you for that. that I, got, I got to go back there. And that's going to be a really good time because as you might imagine, the Florida DMV, uh, it's, there's no line. Uh, everybody's very nice. And um, nobody ever makes errors. So you don't have to spend your entire morning and afternoon there. So uh, good times. I know Zach has a story too. So we're going to get to that. But for now, my name is Sienna Jad. I hope you enjoyed the early look. Please come back at five o'clock on Thursday because you're not only going to see me, but you're going to see Mike McClure. We're going to go over our favorite stacks. We're going to give you our cheat sheet. We're going to give you some of our favorite cash game plays. Some of you have been asking for kind of our top three at each position. I will try to incorporate that into the show as well so you can start crafting your lineups I will say monitor the weather even after Thursday even after that show monitor the weather and monitor the injury reports but we're going to do that for you at least up until Thursday uh, when we do our game by game preview so my name is Sian Najad. come back on Thursday for me and Mike McClure this is Tennessee Football Today DFS and we'll see you next time